Hello, welcome to Beyond the Lines. I'm your host, Jason Davis. You can follow the show on Facebook at Beyond the Lines Podcast, on Instagram, Beyond the Lines Podcast, and also on Twitter at underscore Beyond the Lines. Here in episode four, I'll be discussing the role of women in male-dominated sports, how and why it's important to teach young girls that they can do anything they want, and how girls' and women participation numbers are increasing in male-dominated sports. Later in the show, I'll have a Q&A with a very special guest that you won't want to miss. Jennifer King, Bianca Smith, Moral Javadafar, Sarah Thomas. Have you ever heard of these names before? Do they mean anything to you? If you have heard of these names before, congratulations. You've been paying attention to what's going on away from the field in professional sports. If you haven't heard of these names, then you're probably among the majority of people. Jennifer King is the NFL Washington football team's assistant running back coach and first black woman with a full-time NFL coaching job. Bianca Smith, she was hired back on January 4th as the Boston Red Sox minor league coach. Maral Javadafar, she's the assistant strength and conditioning coach for the Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sarah Thomas, the first woman to referee a Super Bowl. These and many other women have broken what was once considered the ironclad fraternity of men's sports. At a young age, young girls are being raised to feel and be more powerful, independent, and equal to their male counterparts. When given the opportunity, they're showing those qualities. In years past, a girl who wanted to play football, ice hockey, or rugby would have had to join a boys team. With the growing interest among girls and women in sports that once were almost exclusively for boys and men, now more girls and women are getting their own teams. Locally, there has to be enough interest for girls to start a team. Statewide, there has to be enough schools involved in the sport to be able to have a state championship. In a 10-year span from 2009 to 2019, the number of girls participating in flag football grew by 48%. Girls playing 11-11 tackle football increased nearly 32% over that same time span. For girls and women with aspirations of playing professional contact 11-11 football, there is a Women's Football Alliance. The WFA, founded in 2009, is the largest 11-11 football league for women. There will be 66 teams for the 2021 season. In those sports that are newer to female athletes, such as ice hockey and flag football, the interest in numbers grew to a point where schools are now adding girls' ice hockey and flag football teams. In some states, there are championships in these sports. According to the NFHS, which is the National Federation of State High School Associations, girls' ice hockey has been popular for longer than sports such as flag football and wrestling. Despite its popularity, ice hockey has seen a smaller growth percentage than flag football over the same period. Ice hockey has had state championships much longer than wrestling has. Approximately 16 states have championships for boys, which only 8 of those include championships for girls. Thanks to the interest in immense growth in numbers, women's ice hockey is now an NCAA sport and the National Women's Hockey League includes six professional teams. Now at the high school level, rugby is less popular. The NFHS's survey shows 100 girls playing rugby in 2008 to 2009 and 678 in 2018 to 2019. Although that's a steep increase, the numbers are still much lower compared to those for wrestling, football, and hockey. One reason may be that girls typically play on club teams than on school teams. Now, at the college level, the NCAA designates sports as a, quote, emerging sport for women. 
This designation is to help schools provide more opportunities for women and more sports sponsorship options for schools, as well as to help the sport achieve championship status. The top three sports on the, quote, emerging sport for women list is rugby, ice hockey, and wrestling. Over the last 10 years, female rugby players at all age levels has been increasing, especially at the high school level, which has subsequently driven the growth at the college and adult levels. And although women have been playing rugby in the U.S. for several decades, factors such as the NCAA emerging sports status, national team's success, and the expansion of younger girls' leagues have brought interest in demographics to the sport. Maybe the main reason for the growth of these sports and why they're more appealing to girls now than they used to be is because there's a competitiveness in all of those sports that some girls are interested in that they may not find in other sports. The success of a sport really depends on a few factors, such as one, whether society feels comfortable, two, whether there's a female coach because female coaches can drive greater participation, and finally three, whether the sport is financially viable. All of those factors generally will make or break a girl's decision whether or not if she will participate, especially when a sport goes against traditional gender norms and expectations. Sports like rugby and wrestling have always had an appeal to women and men. Unfortunately, the lack of opportunity and stigma stood in the way of that participation. Some girls are not interested in the traditional sports, so the growth of these formerly male-dominated sports is a good thing among high school girls. Now, culturally, perceptions matter as well. Traditionally, most sports with qualities and characteristics of masculinity have been associated with boys and men. But it's important for us as a society to expand our thinking and our understanding of social norms and expectations. Girls need to be recognized as strong and powerful and just as capable and interested in competition and athleticism as boys are. With that, a great way to influence young girls to participate is to expose them to female athletes and coaches at the collegiate level. Give them role models that they can see and aspire to be like. At an early age, girls feel powerful and strong, and they want to reinforce that passion and sense of self as they develop. At the high school level, girls wrestling has had considerable growth from 2008 to 2019. According to the NFHS, 6,025 girls participated in high school wrestling. Then it jumped to 21,124 in the 2018-2019 school year. According to the NFHS survey, girls wrestling has become the 17th most popular sport, which brings me to my guest. She's a 15-year-old sophomore from Houston, Texas, now living in Florida. As a freshman, she wrestled at 148. As a sophomore, she's wrestling at 140. She was a runner-up in districts this year at an all-female tournament, and she placed fourth at states in the 147 division. Lily, welcome to the program. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for being on the show. But before we get into your wrestling story, uh, what is your opinion on how we as parents and adults have handled the issue of women participating in male-dominated sports? Has the inclusion or progress been slow? What is your thought on that? I think there definitely has been a lot of progress, um, especially having like girls tournaments here in Florida. Back in Texas, we had an all-girls team, and it was definitely more like on hands with having girls sports especially like with wrestling and here in Florida like being they don't really have a lot of girls teams um it's a little secluded but they've definitely gotten better like with having especially with states um they had an all-girls states and that's something new that they started like a couple years ago so so is Texas in Texas is wrestling much larger for women there yes definitely Okay. So now when you hear the name Jennifer King, who was a Washington football team's assistant running back coach and first black woman with a full-time NFL coaching job, 
uh, Sarah Thomas, who was the first woman to referee a Super Bowl, and Bianca Smith, who is now a minor league coach for the Boston Red Sox and the first woman to do so. What brings to mind when you hear those names? Empowerment, female empowerment. It means that a woman can do anything as long as they put their mind to it. Okay, so what was your inspiration to start or to get into wrestling? My best friend was a wrestler or she, yeah, she was a wrestler and I, I didn't, I wanted to do a sport. And so I decided to do it just for fun. But as soon as like the first practice and the second practice, I just fell in love for the sport because like I noticed how like every single practice I was like physically and mentally like pushing myself by the end of the practice. I was always dripping in sweat and exhausted, but like the next day I was sore and I felt stronger. It gave me like a sense of being strong. Excellent. Excellent. And I wanted to talk to you today, uh, not necessarily because your story is unique, but because it's interesting. It's one of those things where we've all heard women in male dominated sports, but most of us don't know a person like that. So when I heard your story, I really wanted to talk to you and get your take on it because what Beyond the Lines is about, it's about youth athletes and with life situations and life issues, how they affect youth athletes. And so this is a, a platform where youth can kind of talk about those things outside of their particular sport. And in particular, this episode, which is women in male dominated sports, your story is perfect for what's, what we're talking about today. Uh, so what were your friends reaction when you first told them that you were going to be in, getting into wrestling? They honestly, like they did not see me doing wrestling at all they thought I was like I played volleyball or something they were really really surprised especially like people here now when I tell them like I'm a wrestler they're like you do not look like you do wrestling because like I'm like short and small and um and I'm like I'm just a nice person you know always like with a smile on my face so like when I tell them like I do wrestling it's more like of a sport where you think like people are like mean kind of so they're really surprised yeah, I completely understand it. And, and I think that's probably, you probably get that quite a bit, right? Yeah. All right. Well, based on what society thinks, the sports that women should participate in, how difficult has it been for you to go into wrestling? Do you get that reaction? Because you just mentioned a minute ago, like, what? You don't look like you wrestle. So have you been told that you should play things like volleyball, softball, field hockey, et cetera? Uh, yes, I have actually. Yes. This one guy, actually, he told me I... I should be like a cheerleader or something. Why are you doing wrestling? <laughs> I told him, I was like, I didn't, honestly didn't even know what to say. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I was just like, a girl can do anything, you know? A little shocked? Yeah. Well, so even though there's been significant growth with girls participating in wrestling, you still have to wrestle boys. Mm -hmm. Is that frustrating for you to have to wrestle boys? Not necessarily from the physical standpoint, which that's obvious, but would you like to see another female across the mat from you more often than a boy? Yeah, I definitely would. I don't really think anything of it, but sometimes boys can be like a little awkward about it and they think of it like uh, sometimes they're kind of weirded out, but I don't think anything of it, but sometimes they have told me before, like they don't like wrestling girls because it's like a little awkward. Yeah, well, I think also uh, as young boys are taught not to hit girls or push girls yeah. or grab one of the girls like that. So when you're in a sport where you're constantly in contact mm -hmm. like that, like wrestling, it's very difficult to change that mindset from I'm not supposed to roughhouse her, but 
this is what wrestling is. It's roughhousing. It's, it's a physical contact sport. So I can understand why that would be difficult for, for those uh, boys to do that. So what is that common reaction you get when you're looking at a boy across the mat and he's looking at you? What is that common reaction you get right before you have to get into the middle of the mat and, and start wrestling? What's that reaction you get? A smile. <laughs> they, they actually smile at you? Yeah. <laughs> when we, like when we start, we shake hands and he smiles at me. And um, uh, they, they, we wrestle. <laughs> okay. I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting like, you know, wide-eyed look, surprise. Oh my gosh, I, got, I have to wrestle a girl type look right, as opposed to a smile. <laughs> I, I guess that's better than, you know, maybe a growl. I, I'm not sure, but. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah. how, how receptive have the boys been both on your team and opponents uh, to accepting you as a wrestler and not looking at you as a girl? Oh, so when I first showed up, I was like the only girl on the team and they didn't really have like a girl on the team. So honestly, like it's just having like 10 brothers. But when I first showed up, it was kind of hard for them to get used to me. And it's different. Over time, we got we've been getting super close and I gained like 15 brothers. But a lot of the time, like all they do is just like make fun of me. But (laughs) it's fun. So they accepted you as one of the guys slash girls, right? Yeah, and they always they're always pushing me at practice, trying to make me better and stuff. So. Now, being that you're going against guys every day in practice, and you and you mentioned they make you better, do you feel more prepared when you go into a wrestling match versus a female uh, because you are wrestling guys every day at practice? Do you feel yes. like okay, I've been wrestling guys all week. This should be a little bit easier for me than if I hadn't been doing that. Yes, that's exactly how I feel when I went to States a couple of days ago, actually. I wrestle guys that are like 10 times stronger than me, and we push around and stuff. When I get on the mat, I'm like, I can do this. I'm as strong as this girl, you know? So that's my mindset. Like, if I can do it with a guy, I can do it with a girl, for sure. And I get I get a lot more, like, confident when I wrestle a girl because I know, like, that I've wrestled guys before and even sometimes beat them, you know? I heard a story, and you can kind of elaborate on it. I heard a story where you were at the uh, all-girls tournament there at Districts. There was a girl that was 30 pounds heavier than you, and she wanted to wrestle. Uh, You go up to the uh, table to check in, and she looks at you and says, are you scared? And (laughs) you proceed to take her down in no time. And her teammates and coaches congratulated you, high-fived you. Tell us about this story. So this girl, it was her senior night, and... She wanted a match. She didn't have a match because there was, like, no guy or girl in her weight class because she was heavyweight, you know. Coach asked me if I wanted to wrestle because there was no other girls. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Mat time, you know. Like, even if I lose, it's okay because I get mat time. I get wrestling time. And she was 30 pounds heavier than me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew I wouldn't get injured or anything. I thought it was going to be okay. And so when I go up to the mat or go to check in, she, like, asked me, are you scared? And I just laughed. I ignored her completely because, like, she was super nice to me off mat, too, which is, like, weird. And then she, like, acts all tough as soon as we get onto the mat. And she starts to throw me around. And, like, she's being super aggressive. And as soon as she's trying, like, to throw me, I just, like, I reverse her throw and just pin her in the first round. (laughs) First round. Yeah, first round. First round takedown. We didn't even make it to second. Oh, wow. Now, what was her reaction after the match? She was really upset. I tried to help her up, but she, like, ignored my hand. I said, congratulate. I said, you did okay, or 
like I was just trying to be nice to her, you know. And then I went to go um, high five her coach and or bump her coach because you know you have to go bump their coach's hand. And she didn't even go to bump my coach's hand. She just went straight to her side, which is kind of rude, you know. But um, her team congratulated me, and I was super happy because as soon as I went to my my side, like my whole team um, crowded me and gave me a huge hug. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Awesome. Now you're, again, you're 15 years old. So you're right in the middle of that social media, you know, we're in a social media age right now. How much, or if at all, does social media play into women wrestling? Is is there an impact? Is there not an impact? Because I know a lot of the sports, I had a a youth athlete on last week, a 13 year old football player. And he talked a lot about youth athletes and and social media, and they want to be the number one player in in the country. And they see all this stuff on social media. And so this is where they get the idea. How does social media affect women in wrestling? I actually get a lot of my inspiration from social media, um, especially with like accounts like Wrestle Like a Girl. Um, they post a lot of videos of girl wrestlers and saying like anyone, like you guys can do it. So I get, I get inspiration, you know. And what was the name of that site again? Wrestle Like a Girl. Wrestle Like a Girl. Okay, I've never heard of that. That's it's interesting. An, yeah, it's an account. Okay. All right. So what is your suggestion on how we as parents, coaches, and adults uh, should improve the issue of the lack of women in male-dominated sports? Because obviously, we up to this point, we haven't done a good enough job. So what would be your suggestion? I think just like teaching your daughters or kids at a young age that a woman can do anything that they, they put their mind to it. They're strong and just as capable as a boy, especially in sports that like you have to be strong for you know. Perfect. Perfect. So one last question for you. If you could talk to Jennifer King or Sarah Thomas, what would you ask them? Oh, that'd be so cool. I would ask them, what was their inspiration? Like, what made you go so far and help me? <laughs> I want to be the next history changing person. That's a tough one. I know. There's I- so many questions. I understand. I understand. You're younger than they are. So on the flip side, what advice would you give a seven to 10 year old girl that may be looking to get into wrestling or some other male dominated sport? What advice would you give them? I would tell them that as long as you put your mind to it, you can do it. You're capable of doing any sport that you want, no matter what teachers or men tell you you're a strong little girl and you're going to push through it. You have so much potential. Excellent. Well, I certainly believe that you may not understand or see it, but your position in wrestling may be an inspiration to a lot of girls and they may not see that, but I think you should use your platform for what you're talking about, which is to show that girls can do anything and girls can play in men's sports as well. So certainly use your platform for that purpose. You may not see it or you may not know it and you're being 15 there could be some seven to 10 year old girls that might be at your matches that say, Hey, you know what? I might want to try that. There's a girl out there. I might want to try that. So use your platform for those reasons. Okay. I thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your story. And I wish you the best of luck. Go out there and keep pinning those guys (laughs) and hope to have you on the show and again in the future. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Take care. Once again, I'd like to thank Lily for joining the show and sharing her insightful story and offering some great advice. So what are the takeaways from today's episode? Number one, 
teach girls at a young age to be powerful, confident, and that they can be whatever they want to be. Number two, encourage young girls by showing them female role models that they can aspire to be. And number three, support girls and women that want to or are already participating in male-dominated sports. If you found this episode helpful, I ask that you like and share it with three of your friends. If you like this podcast, I ask that you subscribe. Tune in next week as I'll be talking about drugs and teens, and I'll have a Q&A with a very special guest that you won't want to miss. As always, thanks for listening. Take care.